podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the uh, podcast that keeps on potting. That's right. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Well, you wore out the ship today, my friend, that uh, Reg Barkley. <laughs> Definitely Beverly's fault, but that's beside the point. It's clearly <laughs> Beverly's fault. <laughs> so strange. Uh, anyway, today we're going to talk about Genesis, uh, which is a... You know, I would describe it as an outlier of an episode for TNG. Um, it's unlike a, almost anything they've ever done. I was a little surprised that this isn't... You hear about Sub Rosa, uh, for sure. And um, I think you do. You also hear about masks. I was like, oh boy, wait till you get to this one. I don't think I've heard that much about getting to Genesis. And to me, this is weirder than both of them. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Rewatching it now, I mean... I don't know. And in fact, I would actually say... Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I mean, just to see it, I think you got it. (laughs) I was really surprised. I was like, I can't believe I haven't heard about this one. This is insane. Uh, But yeah, more on that in a bit. Let's head into the Admirals Club, Andy. All right. Go to the five-star review and join me. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, you just, you know, it's, it's corridor. What? You just head down the corridor. Yeah, okay. If you, you go past the Astrometrics Lab. Okay. Okay. All right. Then there's a, there's a turbo lift junction. Keep walking. Okay. And then, uh, actually, if you hit this, how there's much, a panel how on much the side space of the wall. inside the ship around the turbo lift junction, is there? I mean, inside the ship, it's yeah. uh, endless. It's like yeah. a TARDIS in there. Yeah, I see. I gotcha. mean, it's just like just like the Discovery. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, keep walking, and uh, just past Andy's quarters, that's the Admirals yeah. Club. Yeah. yeah, and also oh. leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Right, leave a five star review for me personally too at my quarters. Leave it on That'd his door. Nice. Just yeah. a post it. I can always use the affirmation. Just tell him you give him five Andys, and don't remind him that it's out of ten. Um, don't don't do that. Um, so uh, we uh, we dig in to uh, reviews when we see them. Sort of open it up to leave us nice reviews wherever you want. If you want to leave us nice or shitty reviews, leave them on uh, Apple Podcasts just and uh, just give us five stars, and you can say whatever you want. Mulverine, Mulverine, yeah, Mulverine uh, writes, "It's all right." Uh, I've listened to everything. The main pod, the bonus pods for Voyager, really, Enterprise, really and Discovery. It, I really wish the review only was, it's all right. <laughs> I think that's where we're landing. Uh, as well as the marveling. I now feel that I'm qualified to give a review of this podcast. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> now to get back to listening to it all over again. Thank you, Mulverine. Um, go ahead. 
No, I'm just saying I'm just glad they finally found themselves qualified. That was funny. <laughs> you want to be informed. You don't yeah. want to rush into these five-star reviews. <laughs> uh, most valuable podcast from Zuckstone. Um, uh, sorry, get- everybody. That's my, uh, I turned, didn't turn notifications off, so you're not getting emails. It's me. And uh, it is junk. Thank you. I wonder, are the people with real jobs, if they're just like, oh, no, oh, no, just like if it pulls at them somehow. Like, I, I gotta. Oh, there's a, there's something coming in. I gotta. Are you frozen? Are you confused? No, 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 I'm confused by the email. Um, business or pleasure, Matt? Uh, the email. It's just my address is wrong on some shipping uh, thing. Nothing. Don't worry about it, guys. Sounds like business. It's okay. It's not anything I wanted to draw attention to, but oh, here we are. The point is, my address apparently is not specific enough for this these people to ship a stupid head cover I ordered for 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 a putter and uh what I'm curious about is how is my uh number and street and zip code and city not specific <laughs> what are they asking for apartment? I don't know I don't have one yeah um anyhow most valuable podcast from Zuckstone. Matt and Andy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you two. I'm currently in the midst of a pain spiral from getting dumped, and the only relief I can count on is you two making me laugh. Keep it up, Will. Will, you don't need that other person. Just us. Just us. We're your friends. We're we love you. All the contact you need with the outside world. Forget about that. That, that other person was dragging you down. We're the inside world. We're inside your head. You know. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to regret it. I promise. That's true. It's good from B8XQ4. Um, by good, I mean you can hear what they say, usually. And they talk about Star Trek, usually. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. Yeah, it's, that's all fair. That's it for our Admirals Club. All right, then let's journey on deeper into the bows of the ship and head to the President's Circle. <laughs> Is that what it sounds like to anybody else? Because I always think of the drums as saying circle. I think it must circle, because we've done that circle, before. Circle. <laughs> uh, I, think there's, I think there's a nice men's choral arrangement in sure. the background. Uh, welcome to the President's Circle. Uh, you want to you wanna be in here? All you got to do is head over to Patreon, support the podcast, get yourself uh, so many podcasts at this point every month. It's Right. Is it eight? Uh if you're in the president's circle, you get four and four. That is eight. Yes, you get eight extra podcasts every month right now. You get a disco. You get a, an enterprise uh, at the lieutenant's level. Just five bucks. You get um, you get four Picards mm-hmm. <laughs> on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. Um, you don't get four a week. You don't get four a week. No, no, not no. Sorry, yeah, not on get, a weekly basis. You get one Picard. <laughs> You get one Picard weekly, which adds up to four monthly. Uh, we, that, we keep going back to the same episode four times. Uh, we, we could. <laughs> really mean, break it down. The uh, I did also want to say to everyone, the President's Circle, uh, new new feature added there. Uh, they're going to be getting the regular episodes uh, like a day and a half, two days early. So That's because right. we're on a schedule now, it allows Andy and I the freedom to... 
put the podcast to record it, put it up in the Patreon, and then drop it for everybody else a couple of days later. I got to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of times, it'll just sit there in the uh, in the torpedo pod, yeah, just, just waiting on, to be just, shot out. Just like, what am I doing with this? Am I going to forget? Oh, most definitely. But now there's a now there's a motivation for uh, for both of our brains to work and get it out to you immediately. Yeah, which so, is a present to the president circle. That said, uh, come join us, and uh, you also get priority one messages. And sometimes Andy finds one particularly enjoyable, and he likes to award it a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh, who's getting it this week, Andy? It's Lieutenant Eric Peebles, who wrote in reference to our uh, last episode, I the Beholder, I the, of I mm-hmm. of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. Eric Peebles says, typical starboard nacelle yahoos can't keep their systems running. Port nacelle team would have that shit on lockdown. <laughs> what if there's like four bodies in the port nacelle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how they keep their efficiency so high. They they immediately kill anyone who's uh, not not up to not up to snuff. Um, yeah, I think after that uh, after that incident, they would sort of scan, every, scan the all the walls for bodies. <laughs> you just make sure. Um, and then we're in the priority one messages proper. What a breakneck pace! I love it. Let's open up them hails. By doing this, Captain, incoming message. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Andy, what are the good folks inside the Patreon saying about uh, I the Beholder? I the Beholder. David Veenstra says, "When you start DS Nine, are you and Matt going to leave the ship and move on? Move on to the <laughs> station? <laughs> are all the lieutenants going to move too? More importantly, does Matt have the soundboard for DS Nine? We need the correct door sounds. It is vital for the integrity of the show." Oh, that is a that is a good point. I will have to take a look and see what uh, see what I can find in the library. Yeah. Um, Lieutenant Joseph Parker writes, "I for one." Uh, really like this episode. I like the mystery, the drama, and especially the Wharf Deanna scenes. Uh, it sure is a better ghost story than Sub Rosa. Andy, you wondered if Deanna shouldn't sense Worf's feelings, but I think this episode shows that she does. The psychic echo seems to seem to build off existing feelings and relationships in order to mimic the original circumstances. Instead of building off her relationship with Will, it went with Worf, indicating she had a, a great amount of interest in him and he in her. Joseph, I think that is valid, but I also think it seems very ambiguous with her and her waking life. So while I might agree that possibly she has some some subconscious abilities, they don't seem to be conscious in a way where she goes, oh, that's what this guy is feeling. <laughs> it's just sort of, you know, her subconscious processes it. So I don't know, maybe it's an amendment to Andy's theory. I mean, that's Lieutenant- you. You can amend and stricken theories. You're the only one who has that power. I'm going to stick with it and just say that was her interest in him and not his interest in her. Lieutenant Justine Adamak uh, writes, this episode on top of Parallels had me rooting for the uh, Worf-Troy pairing. Yes, Riker was her Imzadi, but they never felt like more than ex-lovers with an amicable breakup. Yes, Worf found, found his own great love. That said, the chemistry in this pairing was amazing, and I thought it was worth exploring the balance between the species. Well, I didn't really care about the balance. I really like the chemistry. In my head, there's an alternate universe where these two ended up together, 
and then Pecan of Vulcan. It's not just in your head. It's That's it's, what Pecan of Vulcan <laughs> said, yeah. <laughs> it was in parallels. Uh, it happened! Uh, assuming that Worf made it back to his universe. Um, which is that also is an interesting question. <laughs> is he just living in another fake parallel universe? <laughs> um, that was what you were going to bring up, right, right Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see... Uh, Pecan of Vulcan also says, uh, this episode has also irritated me, has always irritated me, because what is the resolution? Uh, do we now prevent any empaths from working in that nacelle, or did they clean out whatever was causing the ep- the echo? Is every empath assigned to that nacelle going to randomly yeet themselves into the plasma from here on out? Uh, a no empaths allowed sign on the door? <laughs> All valid questions. It's for your own good. <laughs> I was just walking by the nacelle. Get out! There's, nobody, there's probably not a lot of casual. There's not really not a lot of casual walking past the uh, the nacelles, huh? It's I feel like a pain it, in the ass to get to. It's probably like one of those science, like they do a science fair, probably on Warfield technology or whatever. And like one of the prizes is you get a tour of the uh, nacelles and. Uh, Probably what happens is if there's any beta Z children, they just they just <laughs> start <nuts>. freaking out. <laughs> um, Lieutenant Jeffrey Mondo says, "I can't say how many times when I hear something like this exchange in TNG, Troy. It may be that when Lieutenant Pierce was struck by the plasma stream, the subspace energy present there imprinted his empathic pattern into the residue. Uh, LaForge, kind of like a psychic photograph." Uh, always reminds me of uh, the part of Futurama's Star Trek episode where no far has gone before that goes uh, and then Fry I can't do an impression of either of them I apologize Um, well usually on Star Trek someone would come up with a complicated plan then explain it with a simple analogy Uh, Leela? Leela? Leela yeah Uh, hmm if we can reroute engine power through the primary weapons and reconfigure them to Melvar's frequency that should overload his electro quantum structure bender like putting too much air in a balloon <laughs> uh, which by the way if you guys haven't watched this episode before please do i can't imagine you won't love it i have not seen it i did enjoy futurama but i didn't go deep on it um um matt did you saw uh, it, yeah, futurama? I you it. saw that episode i like um, futurama's it was great is it still great i don't under is it on is it still again? running? Did they do a Hulu comeback or something? I feel like I don't remember. They, we definitely, definitely. I'm not up to date on my things that have been brought back in cartoon form. It's so hard to track now because everything's in the same streaming box. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Jahans writes. Weirdly, I remember this episode beat for beat, and while it wasn't bad, it felt so bizarre and out of place that I feel like I can't remember it. It's like it's too out of left field to be categorized as Star Trek TNG. It's something a British sci-fi show would do. Blake 7, Torchwood, or Sapphire and Steel. Is it Sapphire? Is it, Are Sapphire and Steel two separate shows? Or is it know. Sapphire and Steel? What am I? I've never heard of it. What am I? What am I? The BBC, Channel 4, Sky TV? You are a nerd. Uh, great big weird mystery that ends ambiguously. There you go. All right, while Andy's looking that up, I'll read the next one. This one comes from someone. <laughs> I'd love to see you. Uh, he just has to share with the doc, and it could happen, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's Sapphire and Steel. 
Now I'm curious to read what it's about. What channel is it on? Uh, it's a British television supernatural fantasy. Um, it doesn't say ITV Studios made there it. There you go. I nailed it with my BBC Sky TV or ITV. Oh, wait, I didn't um, say ITV. I just said Channel 4. Oh, David McCallum as Steel. Joanna Lumley as Sapphire. Sure, it's everyone. From 79 to 82. Um, series created by J- Peter J. Hammond. What is happening? Right the working now? title I need to know. The Time Menders. I'm curious what it's about. But is our audience curious? Sure they are. They're nerds. Okay. You want to write in? I'll happily do a poll. There's no way they're not. Um, and if not, I will I will uh I'll I'll take the pain sticks. Um anyway. If the pain sticks will get them thirty five seconds of their life back, then do it. It, it won't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I stole it. <laughs> I've stolen your the time in your life from you. Like the time menders would fix, I would assume. I don't know. I didn't read the plot because Matt's been harassing me so much. Uh, Kelly Co. says, I really love this episode when I watched this as a child. This time, I still really liked it. But I had to get pat- past how they really are clueless about what depression actually is. Like, if you go from normal, quote, normal, to so depressed you are suicidal... There's probably a need for a serotonin dopamine reference somewhere. It's just a huge difference in how we talk about depression now. Anyway, I still really like the episode, mostly for the Deanna Wharf ship. A lot of people liked it, including me. That was me, Matt. Uh, It was nice to have a bit of a new relationship to discuss and have it kind of make sense to me. Until it didn't in DS9, when Worf has a spoiler redacted with a spoiler redacted, and there's a dialogue about how Klingons like to spoiler redacted when they spoiler redacted. Then uh, the whole relationship stopped making sense. I appreciate the spoiler redaction. Uh, So do I. Um, Especially. Uh, But I really love the, the shipping, too. Um, and I agree about the. Uh, it's a. It's an oddly sort of. I don't know if the word is trite simplification. It's like they're addressing. They're addressing suicide, which is admirable. But they kind of go. They dovetail into this Tuvok style murder plot. Um, well, I mean, there, there's, there's a couple. I look at it like the brain chemistry thing is like it's like a long ago solved mystery. In, That's in why they're not talking about they it. They don't know really what to do with it. Wait, like, you think they've given up your, on any, it? No, I think in any of your bio scans, this would come up and your physician would go, you know, you might have blah, 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 blah. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to give you this right. hypo spray and it's going to help with whatever. Uh-huh. So, like, active depression, I feel like anyone in Star Trek's like, what? What's this? <laughs> That's interesting. But you know what? Why are That's... you depressed? You don't have to, you know, we don't need money. Everything's taken care of. That's the conversation I would like to hear. That's why Barkley is such a fascinating character to me, because he's got all these neuroses and anxieties. And it's and it's presented as atypical. Um, I guess maybe it's from the same I think it is, miss, missing gene thing well, maybe. screwed everybody in this episode. <laughs> um, uh, lastly, uh, Carl Moore writes, uh, when I saw this episode for the first time, I always found it bizarre that they would create such an obviously obvious suicide spot on the Enterprise. And as discussed, found it bizarre 
when they that they installed a force field that can facilitate this. Clearly, the Starfleet Health and Safety Division messed up when doing a risk assessment. This will prevent plasma from coming through um, until it doesn't, but uh, humans can just hop in if they need to. <laughs> All right, we're uh, moving on to the port in a cell. We'll see you guys later. Port in a cell, we're going we're gonna to put a force field that will stop them from jumping we'll, in. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> um, that's it for the priority one messages. All righty, then let's head. Scoot out into the corridor. And make some magic happen. Here we go. How do we get out? Is it left or right? Oh, here we go. All right, now it's time to hear from everybody else with what we like to call the hail bag. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. I wonder how the corridor will be laid out differently on DS9. I mean, I honestly honestly thought we'd just dock the ship there, but whatever. Oh, I see. Interesting. To stay on the ship? Seems silly to, you know, look, this is a spoiler, Yeah. but it's so inconsequential that I'm going to give it to you. Okay. It's not a big plot thing. Okay, I, ex- I accept your spoiler. Worf uh, finds it incredibly uncomfortable to sleep on the station. Worf is in DS9? I'm Shut just up. kidding. Uh, so he <laughs> requests permission to sleep on the Defiant. So he does. He sleeps on the Defiant. That's pretty great. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like we'd be sleeping in our, our ship docked at the station. Let me ask you guys to sound off on your, uh, your takes on that. Um, although Matt is the captain. Um, do you want to play the uh, voice hell from our friend in Reno? Sure. This is uh, from Joe, South Dakota. Oh, no, wait. Wait, oh, you have crap. a Reno Did one? Did I screw this up already? All you did was tell me there's only one, and it's this one, and I You're pulled right. it. <laughs> Let me just see where that one is. Uh, okay. Play, play that one and just see what it is. Okay. Hey guys, Joe from South Dakota here um, Calling about masks um, You know, I always loved this episode I, I don't know why It, it, it is, com- and honestly it's- Hang on, this is about masks, everybody Two episodes ago Did we but play we that one yet? We haven't played this, so let's okay. hear it That shit banana pants It is a crazy ass episode <laughs> it's, it's bonkers But I, I, I think Spider nailed it I think Spiner hit hit it. He was perfect. I think honestly. Um, but I, I, my thoughts on the whole Starfleet thing here, I, I never thought of it before. But it smacks of the uh, the Darmok and Jalad uh, race, mm-hmm. the children of Tamar. Um, but uh, no, I always imagined it was it was uh, it was a thing for the sun and the moon. It was, of course, Masaka. It was always the sun and the moon, but. The reason this thing was sent out was these people, their moon where their 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 moon didn't rise anymore. It like fallen out of orbit or something. Oh. So it was just nothing but sun. So therefore, Corgano didn't pursue the Saka. Saka being the sun, Corgano being the moon, and that's kind of what ended their people. And that's why Masaka was then thought of in this mythology as the as the, uh, as the uh, artifact has been putting out. I uh, hope I wasn't rambling too much, but. No. Yeah, this is a batshit episode, but I loved it for its batshit. I embraced it. I embraced it like the crazy girlfriend. All right. Thanks, guys. Love the pod. We'll see you later. 
Joe from South Dakota found whatever Joe Minoski was having in the Alps, and uh, he met the wavelength. He <laughs> <laughs> really connected on it. That's um, an interesting theory. It's a, you know the moon fell out of orbit. Yeah, and uh, the society was doomed, and uh, sent out the ship. All right, I'll buy it, Joe. Thank you. Um, now I dropped in San Marino. What? It's in today's sounds now. Well, look. Wait, what am I looking in? Sorry, this is exactly the kind of thing you all come here for. And uh, whether you choose to or not. Now there's two in here. Okay. Do yes. I need both of them? So they're both labeled. I don't I know. know if you can see but both. Are we playing? So both? Sam, you're so eventually going to play in. both. Yes. Okay. So this is Sam from Reno. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Sam from Reno. Just uh, something about um, Eye of the Beholder that stood out to me like a sore thumb. How is it that in math uh, they were totally fine just being able to beam out when they were about ready to be burned alive? There's like a fire in the hallway. But the minute there's a dude with, you know, clearly some issues and he's about ready to kill himself, why why didn't they just beam him out? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Hang on. There's too much. Obviously, there's too much plasma interference. You can't beam out from a nacelle. There's too much happening. Oh, nice. The warp field calibrated through there. You can't just lock on to somebody and beam them away. Anyway, go Um, ahead. Riker thought that was a really good time just to talk someone down instead of just, you know, Calling into whoever, calling it not LeBron anymore. Calling into someone and just saying, hey, beam this dude out, we'll deal with it later. No? Okay? We, we can't just beam out people who are going to harm themselves? Not from I there, don't, I don't it think. It seemed like a dumb thing. Obviously, we needed it for the story. But still. All right. That's oh. all. Bye. We're, we're, thousands of people now are just watching television resigned to the fact that sometimes you just got to get the story out. <laughs> <laughs> As a result of us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, but yeah, I, say, honestly, I think that would probably be the reason that they couldn't do it if Star Trek was real. Uh, there'd probably be way too much interference up in the uh, nacelle to get a to get a lock on anybody. Oh, I love it. Oh, Matt fixed it. I mean... Um, okay. Uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. Buckle up. Here it comes. Here it is. Oh, yeah. boy. Are you guys going to enjoy this? Okay, from Jeff Dixon. Why Troy shouldn't be able to take command. Um, greetings, Matt and Andy. This will address the hail from another listener who asked, why, if Beverly and Troy outrank Data, he is he still in third in command? But first, a disclaimer that everything I'm about to say is based off the rules and regulations of the modern U.S. Navy. I know that's not necessarily synonymous to how Starfleet works. It's all I got. In the Navy, there are four types of officers, but most officers fall within the two main types, line officers and staff corps officers. Mm -hmm. Line officers are the most common on a ship. Engineering, navigation, weapons, security, and operations officers would all be primary examples of a line officer. The most common staff corps officers on a ship would be medical, chaplain, legal, and supply logistics officers. That's who probably I would be, supply logistics. It's definitely, I see you and I think this guy knows how to supply things. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to logistics thing. <laughs> um, the uh, biggest distinction between the two types of officers is that, the, is that staff corps officers cannot take command, even if they are by far higher ranking 
um, than the highest ranked line officer in that ship slash unit. There are a couple of reasons for this, but the two re- main reasons are, one, staff car officers are uh, generally are much more specialized than a line officer, and as such will only train to do their specific job, making them unqualified for command. And two, their jobs often require that they specially be outside of the chain of command to function properly. Lion officers, by comparison, are supposed to be as well-rounded as possible and will have served in multiple departments as they go up the ranks so that when they get to the point of being an XO or a CO, they have a broad, uh, have as broad, uh, I guess, a range of knowledge of all the ship's departments uh, and those departments' functions as possible. Troy, uh, as, a counsel- as, a, as a counselor, would be the most analogous to a chaplain on a Navy ship Beyond performing religious ceremonies, uh, religious services, chaplains also serve as counselors for the crew, and along with medical and legal officers, are a third-party advocate you can turn to if you've been uh, harassed, assaulted, or grieved in some way, and you are worried uh, about your command making reprisals. Get me a jag. <laughs> against you if where to report it yourself. For them to be a true third-party advocate, though, that by nature, they have to kind of be outside the chain of command. If not, it would sort of be like reporting to the police that the police are harassing you. Um, by being outside of the chain of command, they could be as unbiased as possible, and they can ensure your grievances reported to those above the persons you are reporting against. This is a total aside, but I will say Navy chaplains are some of the most badass officers I've ever met. Uh... And I have seen firsthand that if a genuine grievance is reported to them, they will absolutely go to the mats to get the problem rectified. I have seen a chaplain crew out. Uh, uh, sorry, I have seen a chaplain chew out a ship's captain in front of the crew for letting someone something happen within the command, and the CO just got red in the face and apologized before quickly retreating from the berating he was getting, and the incident in question was quickly corrected. That's amazing. I gotta uh, go. <laughs> I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> You're being mean. Um, Fire torpedoes. <laughs> At him. <laughs> um, I'm going to walk the deck. Last point I will make is you can see why a ship's doctor or counselor who may know very personal or potentially damaging information about you could also possibly hold that information against you if they were now in command of you. Even if they didn't hold it against you and were strictly professional, it could still make it very uncomfortable for the crewman if the person you have been telling all your darkest secrets to to suddenly became your boss. Uh, it's from Jeff, former Navy sailor. Uh, thank you, Jeff. I love, yeah. a, I love a good command structure rundown. I figured you would appreciate that. And it is interesting. It's actually in light of what Jeff is telling us, then it's kind of odd that uh <laughs> that Troy was allowed <laughs> to uh to become uh, an official part of the chain of command. Cuz she could be like, I'm not letting Ensign Rager uh, you know, uh, be at helm when I know what's going on in her personal life. It's Rager. She's not on a Rager, Deanna. And then, Are we and sure about that? It's Rager. Do we ever hear her said? Uh, we don't it? hear her say it, but we do hear everybody else say it. I think everyone's saying it wrong. I think oh, it's Rager. well, that's fair. I think that's fair. That could when be. When we hear the, she's just too polite. She doesn't that's want to fair. say anything. Again, that is totally fair. Um, 
Also, I have name blindness, as we know. Richard Firth says, do you think that Wesley will crush it? Uh, Paul Wesley, <laughs> not Wesley. Oh, that would be awesome. Do you think that Paul Wesley will crush it as the new Kirk? Love, Rich. Have you taken a look? I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Is there a new Paul Kirk? Wesley is a guy from... What, what, what would Kirk be in? Uh, I think you know. Oh, Strange New Worlds? Yeah. Isn't he busy on his own fucking ship? I guess not. <laughs> what is happening does, it, here? does he have his own ship in that? In that uh, time? Maybe serving on another ship, right? I mean, uh, maybe he's maybe he's serving on uh, Enterprise in the uh, and then um, okay, and then he slowly rises through the ranks, which Look, I, I I would I, find very upsetting. And but I guess the whole thing is like I kind didn't of an know. affront to Spock, so. I didn't know that this was happening. And I don't let me take a look here. I got to say oh, sure. I watched I mean he's got good hair. He definitely looks He's got you know, the hair. Got his hair. His hair is great. He's handsome. It's all that looks great. And uh I I will say from you from watching has clips he gotten on the chat of approval. Oh good question. I believe he has. Shatner seems like he would be generous in that arena. In that one, in that one arena. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's paid his he's paid his time. He doesn't need to keep holding on. But the, the I will say from watching clips of him on Vampire Diaries, it's very hard to tell because it's all, as you might expect, you know, vampire just sort of self torture kind of gloomy emo stuff. So it's uh, but although I've seen him in interviews and he seems very you know, funny and cute and charming. So. Um, I guess he'd have both sides. Uh, interested to see it. What are you? What's? The, what are you looking at? What's the face? I'm just. I don't know. I'm curious. Seems I'm like curious. an odd I just choice. Seems like why? Why? Why put him in? Yeah. Same reason you put all the other ones in. Well, I mean, the other ones I get. Again, look. I mean, I look forward to it. I'll see what it is. But like. You're supposed to be doing this like pre-Kirk Enterprise, and now you're gonna put Kirk in there. It's like, well, wait, what? Is the idea that you're doing a pre-Kirk Enterprise? I think the idea is that you're doing. I mean, yes, you're doing pre-Kirk Enterprise, but you, you're doing a pre-TOS. I think is their idea. So it's it's essentially so sort of it's jumping prior up. to the five-year mission, but post Pike. I don't know if it's it's not post Pike, is it? I don't know. Well, I, the picture dirty. I'm seeing it's... of him is him in the captain's chair. I'm, I'm guessing the Enterprise. Oh, I have no idea then. I'm, 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 I'm curious. Anyway, I'm curious. I'm curious also. Uh, I don't have a problem with Kirk being in it though. And just like I don't have a problem with sp- if you're gonna go back, that's really the only reason is to see some interpretation of the characters you love. Uh, I I accept the general, the general complaint you know, that we've it's, often it's, heard it, of going back. Why are we going back? We should be going back to the right. Like, there's but. that, and then there's the whole other thing too of like, wait, are we <coughs> supposed to have a situation here where, where I mean, it's just like I don't know, I don't know. That's I'm really torn about fan service. In a weird way, like as a fan of things, I enjoy being serviced with like things I like popping up on 
shows, but usually I prefer it to be an organic thing. It is organic. They sent a bunch of writers into a room and said, cram Kirk into this. <laughs> Engage. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with it. But it is like, it's going back. I mean, Kirk had a life before TOS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I like to think of Kirk's enterprise life as... He came on board and that was a whole different era. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Maybe know. he's... But whatever, whatever. Everything I love still exists. I can enjoy other things, too. Let's see what happens. Let's see what they do. I imagine it will play on, to some degree, Kirk and Spock building this. It's like the you know the inception of their relationship, so that by the time you get to TOS, then it's like it, when Kirk got command. Although I guess he, he already would have been on the Enterprise. So mm-hmm. It's the real problem with the... The the JJ version is wait. It what? seems like a screw you to Spock that like Kirk would have leapfrogged him. <laughs> oh, in the specific 2009 movie where he becomes a cadet captain. Do you think that they're going to correct that and have Kirk sort of already pretty high in the rankings when he comes in? If this is supposed to be the prime universe, absolutely. Yeah, they'd have to. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be the prime universe, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm asking, I don't know, isn't it supposed to be? So then they can't. Because that's the problem, because we already have a future established for these things. Why are you going backwards? Maybe it's a mistake, and this this guy's Bob Kirk. <laughs> Just a totally different, totally different guy. <laughs> or it's it's Jim Kirk's brother, and he's kind of like a Jeffy. He's not good at anything. Sure. <laughs> Um, Mystery of Suicide from Andy Wright Uh, Hey Andy and Matt Parts of this episode stood out to me very strongly for the first time today The talk at the beginning between the senior staff suddenly was much heavier Because it's so similar to how people actually talk after someone commits suicide I've had four people I know take their lives Oh gosh, I'm so sorry Andy Um, But even with the three that had emotional conditions uh, that those around them knew about, it still hits so hard and is deeply difficult to accept. You always do kind of wish that there was a Picard to order a full investiga- investigation into why it happened. It could be partly why when I'm having a harder time than normal time. Um, I make sure I find someone to talk to about it. People just don't know what's going on in your head. It felt wor- it felt worth sharing since I know so many people today are having rough times. Love your show and Max are grateful for the extra frequent episodes. Andy Wright. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, literally, all we can do is put up more episodes. <laughs> it is literally our only skill set. Um, and I uh, I appreciate you writing in, Andy. And I th- and I think that is something important to note. And I think it's something that I struggle with as well. Reaching out to people when I'm having a hard time because. You know, that's it's a positive action. You have to kind of rouse yourself into a, the positive action of reaching out to people to get help. But I hope anyone who's struggling through anything will do so. Because we care about you. Here, here. Um, I can't speak for Matt. I care about you. Oh, I will take back my here, here then. 
Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I guess I don't. Well, I don't want. I don't want to box you out, I mean, Matt. Look, if you, you also just, I'm gone, whatever. <laughs> I just, just I, whatever. I care I'm, about you probably a little more. I'm probably busy. A little more. I got to go back in time <laughs> to meet young Andy. We'll cross paths. <laughs> the, whatever, the fucking prequel, whatever the prequel is, we'll be walking by each other in New York, and uh, it'll 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 be fun. We'll have an interaction and never remember it later. I think the first time I met you, this will be an interesting thing for the lore, was, uh, I don't think there was anything of note that happened, but um, was at a table read, possibly for schooled? Oh, Imaginary Mary. Imaginary Mary, that is what it was. Yeah. Um, Andy yeah. was uh, Tom Brady. Was bef- <laughs> That's right, I was Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> How did I do as a Pats fan? I mean, look, I think you uh, did justice <laughs> okay, to the good. GOAT, to the greatest of all time. Here's a spoiler. They did not get Tom Brady for that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Goldberg introduced us and uh, as fellow nerds. And uh, I don't remember if we talked about anything. The rest, note. as they say, is... Thousands of hours of podcasting. <laughs> Here we are. Um, you never know who you're going to podcast with. It's so true. Cloaca, uh, at Cloaca6, uh, r- tweeted at us, uh, I think this would, be, would have been more interesting without the psychic echo fake-out thing. I know it's a heavy topic, but I think a discussion of suicide in the 23rd century would have been a lot more interesting. Um, yeah, I agree, Cloaca. Um, the do it a little bit but they don't I don't know it really would have been interesting um we have I hope another voice hail that's has Biff Yeager in the title somewhere it does indeed hello Matt and Andy this is Biff Yeager's my spirit animal and I have been trying to find the right time to call in for years now I have listened to every TNC episode twice and I think the right time has finally arrived I gotta say, the whole last episode, I have the beholder. Every time you said more or more during the more conversation and beyond throughout the rest of the episode, all I could hear in my head on repeat was George saying, Oh no! I'm sorry, the card says moops! <laughs> moops! Thanks guys, keep it up. Can't wait for the other time. <laughs> A couple of people wrote that Trivial in, so pursuit. really must have. <laughs> Um, I had a, <laughs> I usually get, uh, even though my brain is broken, I get little snippets of stuff, uh, like little quotes, but a friend t- tried to give me tiny quotes from stuff to see if I would get them. And he kept saying, oops, oops. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I know it. I know it. And uh, he finally told me what it was. I had to give up. If you guys would like to send us a voice hail, Sorry, yes, a voicemail. Send it to 816-TREK-TNC. Shut up, Matt. <laughs> Make it a face. Look, I've only had a few episodes to get this down. My face, my face is only that you just, you know, you spin yourself into these weird things that, like, you can you can move through and no it's one will notice my, the error. It's part of my podcasting style is uh, sort of kind of revealing the, the bones of the thing. Um, you do it too. Every time you look for a for a for a, for a soundbite, you're like, "And eh, okay, and we're just gonna." And I'm looking. I try to vamp sound. poorly. 
Yeah. You don't really commit to vamping, though. I don't. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, if you want to send a hail, send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com, or you can join the Patreon and uh, get in on our Priority One messages. Um, as Matt said, if you're in the President Circle, you'll be getting the episode early, uh, and we've decided to start posting the episode itself there uh it seems like it's easier for some people i don't get it (laughs) whatever you need (laughs) happy to do it uh if you'd like to tweet uh matt or instagram him he's at matt meyer if you'd like to instagram me i'm at andrew secunda and you can tweet me at secunda that's it for the hails all righty We crossed many doors to many places Your hate made us think of all your faces So plug TNC in your little Borg node Let's talk about this week's episode This week's episode is Genesis Which aired 21st of March 1994 Andy, what's happening? Uh, I'm going to go to the UK song first Because I have no idea what it is It's called Dupe by Dupe So I guess... The band wrote a song about themselves. Dupe by dupe. Oh, is it dupe a dupe? <laughs> no. I don't. I, I can't. It's not that. It that does not 50s. come. It does not come up in Google. Huh. I mean, D-O- not Google, but D O O P P, huh? Oh, I was spelling it D U P E. D U P E. Gotcha. Oh no, that makes sense. It's pronounced the same. Uh, here we go. This is what it was. What are the what are the visuals you're looking at? Weirder than you think. Hang on. What the f is wrong with Britain? <laughs> what the hell is this? This is a guy in a white tux and top hat dancing around and a Kid. Is is this even this isn't the the sort of well, I guess it turns into kind of a kind of a dance clubby thing. Are there lyrics? Skip to the middle. Uh, I guess you could just let it run. Um Not really. I'm I'm baffled. I kind of almost feel like this is a video and music that would exist in like an, an 80s sci-fi film where they were like, this is what music will be like. <laughs> um, anyhow, sorry to slow it all down. So weird. Number one song in the U.S. was The Sign by Ace of Bass. What? Uh, you fucking, we could have been listening to The Sign and then you put this on? I know, I know. I like The Sign too, but uh, I really wanted to hear what it was. Um. Uh, attractive. What are they from Sweden? What are they, what are they? Ace of Base. <coughs> Somewhere from that part of the world. Uh, number one movie, Naked Gun, three and a half. The final insult. Number oh, one. Wow. Uh, is it thirty-three and a third? Sorry, thirty-three and a her- third. I said thirty-three and a half. You said three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, in fairness, the second one was two and a half. 
two and a half. Uh, I wish I could defend, defend, you know, say, oh, that was the problem. But it's literally in front of my eyes. <laughs> um, number one book, Accident by Danielle Steele. Number one TV show that week, the Academy Awards. Those are the good old days. Deaths that week, cartoonist Walter Lance, creator of Woody Woodpecker. Events, Schindler's List, wins Best Picture at the 66th Academy Awards. Cool. All right. Thank you, Ace, of your base. Oh, no. Where is it? There it is. Okay. Now, let's see. You did it. Ha ha. Frank Sinatra, cool. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Andy, what was happening with the old blue eyes? TNG has skipped a few weeks between episode broadcasts, jumping. TNG. Uh, jumping over an event that is too important this year to omit. <laughs> On March 6th, Frank was performing in Richmond, Virginia. He made Wait, it through the 13th. Where did everything go? I just muted it know. somehow. There we go. In other words, we'll figure it uh, out. He's performing in Richmond, Virginia. Virginia. He made it through 13 songs, but in the middle of my way, he suddenly stopped and said, Get me a chair. He then slumped forward, hit his head on a floor monitor, and passed out on the stage. Jesus. 3,600 audience members stared in horror as several doctors in the audience ran to the stage to assist. I want to help Frank. I want to help Frank. Um, After being rushed to the hospital, Frank was declared to be in good shape and just suffering from temporary dehydration. Jeez. Drink your water, people. But those around him knew that the rigors of road concerts were getting too, to be too much for the 78-year-old performer when combined with obvious signs of cognitive difficulties. They started encouraging him to think about this year as his last one on the road. Whew. All right, Frankie. <laughs> I wonder if he... Did he, like, take a beat? He said, get me a chair, but did he keep singing? Did he, like, still sort of try and, like, vamp to the crowd? Well, I mean, look, if you're going to sing my way and you ask someone to get you a chair and they and a chair is gotten for you and you sit down, people are like, wow, he's really doing it his way. Can you imagine if he finished my way and then slumped over? I mean, that's just it's the way I think every performer wants to go out. I'd love to die during a podcast. <laughs> I think there's a very high chance you will. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. Uh, all that said, it is now time to hear about this episode, Genesis, and what the hell's going on with it. From memory alpha, Enterprise crew members de-evolve into prehistoric creatures after medical treatment by Dr. Crusher goes wrong. <laughs> So crackers. I think that's the best way to describe the episode. Crackers indeed. Um All right, Andy. Let's 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 uh I don't know if we're gonna dive in, but let's wade into the waters of this episode. Starts off in sick bay. You know Rebecca Smith? The new tactical officer? We took a walk in the Arboretum. We sat down, we got comfortable. They got a little romantic, and then I rolled over. Blurred vision, dizziness, uh, palpitations. A stinging sensation in the lower spine. It's Torellian death syndrome, isn't it? 
I thought we agreed you'd come to me before checking Starfleet Medical Database. Yes, well, uh, this... I mean, this is a great WebMD joke before WebMD. I was impressed with that. That's such a, a forward thinking. Of course, they would. Of course, people would constantly. It's really amazing. That's like one of the most amazing prognostications I've seen on the show. <laughs> that people would obsess if they had access to all the medical information. Just wait until the day where every corner of our home is filled with blue and red liquid. <laughs> You'll be like, sick bay, call this. Time I'm glad I it's did. true. That are all lit up. We can stop the cellular decay before it's, it's, it's too late. Reg. You don't have Torellian death syndrome. Oh, you? You're sure? I'm sure. This is also a it's a it's a parade of uh, made up word where we know. Maybe it is Cymbeline blood burn. No, no. Cyperian cactus. I don't they just see anything said wrong before. with you at all. Wait a minute. There is a slight imbalance in your K three cell count. My K threes. Oh, Barkley, no, no. I'm sure it's nothing. Look. I'll run a microcellular scan. We'll see. This will take a couple of minutes. It's really bumping in sickbay today. Well, so I was going to say is it's interesting that they that that's How's the tone they set, and yet that's not the problem. Well. What do you mean? The problem isn't that sickbay is busy. I mean that that's not part of the plot. It's it's not like ooh it's busy and or they don't even call it out. It's not like ooh things are really hopping in sick bay today. A lot of stuff going on and then it ties into the plot. It's just like nope. no, we're gonna have a super packed day in sick bay and that has nothing to do with anything. I mean, else. you think about it, like a thousand people <laughs> on a ship. I still feel like this is still busy. Uh, I mean, the only reason I would agree is because aren't there multiple sick bays? Yeah. I mean, you got Solar, you got... Uh, it's a shout-out in this episode. She, which to engage she always does. Oh, she is getting close. You'll have a fresh litter of hungry kittens before the week is over. Let me just run an amniotic scan. No vet on the ship, just uh, Dr. Crusher. Make sure everything's <laughs> really fine. good point. Doctor, <laughs> my capillaries are shrinking. Excuse me. That gotta be a sweet way to go to space. Alyssa, You're a vet. Can you take care of Spot for a minute? Start a preliminary amniotic scan. Yes, doctor. My One. It's going no, that's to actually three. I've been counting. Oh. You're right. It is elevated. You've also got heightened electrophoretic activity. Electrophoretic. I love. I love Frakes just it's back serious. there laying down. Well, based on this, I'd say you've got <laughs> seventy, maybe eighty years. Eighty. Eighty years. Yes, Rich. What you've got is a mild case of uridinin flu. There's nothing serious. Most humans have a natural immunity. That's how I would react. But the T cell in your DNA that normally fight off the infection is dormant. Not just 80 years, 80 more years. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, what? That's what I meant, yeah. I gotta, I gotta really start planning. <laughs> That's about the only way we'll ever so get through all of Star Trek. Gene. You have one dormant gene out of 100,000. And I can activate that gene with a synthetic T cell. To let the body fight the infection naturally. It might almost destroy the ship, but uh, whatever. Why let the body fight it naturally, quote unquote, by making a synthetic T cell when you could just <laughs> treat it with medicine? <laughs> you should feel better in a couple of days. Thank you, Doctor. I, I feel much, much better. Good. Now stay away from medical database. And you stay out of the Arboretum. 
Everything looks fine, Data. Well, you want to know the sex of the kittens? I have noticed that many humans prefer not to know in order to experience the surprise during birth. I believe I will preserve the mystery until then. I know what you mean. I don't want to know either. Alyssa? Bart's not the only one who goes to the mother. Alyssa, that's experience is any indication good job ogawa he all it. the help he can get <laughs> um yeah so right now the episode is still about nothing it's a show about nothing i mean because you Oops. think about our a teaser our teaser is is <laughs> spot is gonna have babies and Alyssa is pregnant <laughs> <laughs> this is the other thing is I feel like it was two episodes ago that Alyssa wasn't sure about the guy <laughs> and suddenly they're, they're pregnant that is a, uh, you're on no, a fast you're, track you're, you're not right no is it a while no, ago it was it was lower deck so that's like four episodes ago right how much time do we think and at the end of that episode they get engaged how much time do we think Pat? oh that's right but how okay so then so it's three episodes ago. How much time do you think passes in three episodes? I mean, start date wise, it looks like uh, I have to assume they got married. Otherwise, what would God say? Uh, they got married. Picard probably officiated. It was great. Um, what it what was, is your it looks guess? Like it was f- oh my god! It was f- five episodes ago. How much time passes in five episodes? In, in Star feels Trek like uh, many weeks. You know. Because you gotta have that. You gotta have a whole like week where Data's on a planet being radioactive, man. You gotta have, you know, a uh, couple of days where the ship gets turned into a temple. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, then, then you you gotta deal with uh, uh, what else is happening on the ship at that point. Uh, the Beverly getting no, almost no. That wasn't that. Uh. You gotta investigate the suicide. Right. Fine. It's just a busy Fine time. Residue you know? in the walls. Um even if it's I would just say, weeks. If it's yeah, a but, month between engagement and pregnant, it seems a little bit quick still. Yeah, but what do I know? I mean not much. Look, if uh, we could all be so lucky, you know? It's hard to uh impregnate a person nowadays, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that side of it. You're really, you're really jelly, burning with jealousy at those folks, aren't you? Fucking Andrew. The next test will involve the new photon torpedoes. The explosive yield has been increased by 11%, and I have enhanced the targeting system for increased accuracy. The subtlety... Okay, a couple things here, right? Yes. This is theoretically starting to affect the ship now. Okay. Because... Riker can't concentrate. Right. And Worf is real aggro. Right. But there is... But Picard is not affected. Oh, good point. So, I don't know. Just thought I'd point that out. There is another... There's another... Well, maybe... Maybe the... Maybe these traits are not due to the issue. Or do we see other confirmations that they are? 
like maybe Worf is just pissed off because I'll also say what Riker becomes later doesn't seem to be how he's acting here. Here he's acting kind of annoyed and over over it with Worf. Just like, oh, did you? Oh, great. Well, you know what? Maybe you should have done more research. He's just sort he, of being he, a dick about it. He seems bored out of his mind. So you're saying that's because he's a dummy. He doesn't yeah. understand how cool torpedoes are. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fascinating, Mr. Wolf. Please proceed. Setting targeting coordinates, 005, mark 317. And are we saying Worf... pattern Delta 94. Screwed up these torpedoes. I went ready. Because he's so angry, or because he would have made this mistake anyway? I think that was just an accidental. I think that was just a mistake he would have made anyway. Because that's the other thing. Is, it like, has seems to be. Like Otherwise, why would Picard not be affected until after he gets back on the ship? You know. It seems like a huge mistake for Worf to have made, and I was almost positive that they were saying that it was the thing that happened to him that made him make the mistake. But they don't circle back to that. No, uh, it's unclear, and as a result, this episode is already off to a great start. Engage. <laughs> Lock on phasers. The torpedo is out of range. Even for your newly improved phasers. Maintain a sensor lock on the torpedo, Mr. Wolf. See? He's, Don't like, being pissed it. off. That would be inadvisable, sir. The asteroid field is unusually dense. The Enterprise is too large to safely navigate through it. Then I'll take a shuttlecraft and retrieve it, Mr. Data. You're with me. Hey, Captain... The shuttle pilot who's on duty is Lieutenant Hayes. I happen to be a reasonably qualified pilot, number one. Besides, these tests hardly require the captain's personal attention. Understood. Enjoy yourself. Mr. Worf, I think that you should consider analyzing your new guidance system. (laughs) (laughs) We are giving him a tremendous amount of shit. Well, here's what I think is really happening. Yeah. This is pre-everybody affected by this virus, this T-cell thing, and Picard and Riker are bored by the weapon system test. Which is why why Picard wants to take a shuttle and go find the torpedo. I would think Riker would be more interested in just sort of, you know, the defense systems of the ship. I understand that it's not Malcolm Reed, but... No, it's just, but it's Worf, you know. We all know Worf. Yeah. We all know Worf. You know what I mean? I'm dis- I'm upset that they're portraying Worf as this bad at his job, that he would create a torpedo that kind of flies off to an undetermined location. <laughs> Present to supervise the birthing process. Well, I, I'd be honored. I like that Barkley likes cats. I have noticed that you are the only other member of the I crew. I think it's that cats like Barkley. Well, really? that too. That's hard to believe. You're such a sweet little kitty. She is to you. <laughs> weirdly sensual delivery. <laughs> it's because, like, you know, Data wants the affection that he doesn't get from Spot. You know? He's like, oh, well, I see. Yeah. And it's usually he's dark. Annoyed. And st- I think he's like, how come Spot likes you so much more than me? Right. I am not certain. Spot has escaped from my quarters on several occasions, and there are... Oh, yeah, what do you think about the fact that he doesn't know who the father of Spot's kittens are on a ship with only 12 cats? I mean, I gotta tell you, I love that they're just cats wandering the hallways of the That is my favorite. I also, like, I respect that they went back to explain it, because it certainly didn't occur to me 
until they brought it up, and I was like, oh yeah, how would? Data like wanted to see what a pregnant cat would be like and made it happen. Like yeah, that part that, that part feels like more like what actually would be happening. Too. Yeah. On my way, sir. Goodbye, Spot. I believe you are in good hands. You have nothing to worry about, sir. What does he? What does he give him that look? I think a human would do this right now. No, I don't know if he would. Too late. And I can find nothing wrong with the guidance system. I'll throw you on a diagnostic on the torpedo bay itself. Maybe you can find something. Must you stand so close to me? Lieutenant, are you all right? Yes, I'm fine. No, you're not. You've been working for six hours straight. You're tired. Um, yeah, we usually do about ten-hour shifts here. Fucking six hours. He's making a big deal about. But it's an order, Lieutenant. I think the line was probably 16. <laughs> you want me to find out? <laughs> I find it hard to believe that any writer's room would write a line about someone working a lot only six hours. I mean, it might be that because it's it's a writer's room, they don't know how real jobs work. So they're just like, I don't know. We work for 12 you know, to uh, to 17 hours. What, how do, what do normal people do? <laughs> I think doctors work 18-hour shifts. Okay, well, work's not a doctor. Okay, four hours. Make it six. Okay. Thanks for waiting. Do not approach me unannounced, especially when I'm eating. We were supposed to be having lunch together, remember? I was hungry. Well, I'm hungry, too. Excuse me. Yes. Could I have an order of Anzillan caviar? Make Made a word word we know. Certainly. Caviar. For lunch. I'm in the mood for something salty. <laughs> Besides, it's no stranger than what you're reading. So fucking it's so weird. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I love seeing Worf like he's going crazy and Klingon and over his meal, but it's so strange. <laughs> this is the scene. She's and drinking it, water because she's turning into an amphibian reptile and she needs the salt. I don't know at what point we have to get into this. I have a feeling that people were probably curbing their uh, their discussions of this uh, to protect me from spoilers in the past, but. Um, they did this already with Jordy, right? Where he devolved into that. Was that, that not devolving when he turned into that creature on the planet? With that the, was the not weird... devolving. Yeah, that was okay. a different species. But then you have the Voyager episode where they turn into salamanders. Well, that's not devolving either. That's <laughs> the late stages of evolution. <laughs> so it's basically the exact same trope, but they're just coming up with a different scientific uh, explanation. Yeah. Gotcha. It's not. Um, it's not. Um, I don't like this episode. I find it fascinating. It's bananas. And, and I also find it effectively creepy and scary in yeah, a way that kind of reminds of me of like 60s and 70s horror. Yes. Um, so it's effective, but it's so fucking weird. Um,. Uh, the Riker line is, in fact, uh, no, you're six. not. You've been working for the past six hours. You're wow. tired. That's wild. Very strange. <laughs> Have you noticed how dry the air is on the ship? I wonder if the environmental controls are set properly. 
You're excused. Here you go. Mm. So this is the other, the maybe the weirdest moment in the show. He's just checking out this lady that's coming over. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I believe he's smelling her pheromones. Uh, I mean, even that would be a little bit more acceptable than the way they. It seems like they're playing this moment. But I guess he's supposed to be in a primal state. It's very disturbing. <laughs> Something wrong. It has been a difficult day. <laughs> Your penal guidance system failed. It was my fault. You always say that. It was my fault. <laughs> I designed that guidance system. Wolf, calm down. <laughs> I kind of like that this is like a little picture of what they would be like if they, if they hit their seventies together. <laughs> like to admit, maybe you should get some rest. Perhaps you were right. If you will excuse me, he's doing right it well. Now. He doesn't. He doesn't get that that many chances to show off his Klingon, a more typical Klingon. Rage. I've been I've this wharf trying to get comfortable and then sleeping on the floor. I've been that person. What is he making? Like a nest? I think he's yeah. You know, he needs a pillow. He's doing it weird though. Wait, you make nests differently? How do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't make a nest. I like I'm not the- a blanket I'm not a blankets guy either. Ladies love their blankets. Why why do you suppose Reg is uh amped up it, it's not ex- well, I guess because is it something to do with it, him becoming a spider can you also explain what is the reasoning of the spider devolution I thought it was like they something, find pieces of cool. our past I didn't realize it's just like no we turn into some fucking totally different thing <laughs> Next is from level 4 diagnostic but we're going to have to shut down auxiliary power to 19 decks wait a minute slow down you lost it back there. Which sensor clusters? The forward. It's it's a power fluctuation in the converter nodes. It's a minor adjustment. It's minor. It's all right here on this diagram, Commander. Hmm. I'll look this over later. Go ahead. You run your diagnostic. I'll inform the other departments about the uh, power systems. I'll check that. <laughs> He's full of energy today. I can't get him to slow down. He's been working like that since last night. Looks like a plasma conduit to cut out in junction 17 i'll go look at it wait a minute reg i'll go with you do spiders have a lot Keep of energy posted. i guess they're I mean, workers yeah and and if you think about you know all the all, all how, how much energy spider-man seems to have <laughs> is, that what is that what they're getting at i think so <laughs> two degrees centigrade also reg has that that uh that speech about Computer. you know it's great power it's great responsibility Worf, it's freezing in here. You have already raised the temperature three times. It is too hot. Live with it. Computer, execute my original command. I kind of like that even in her, in this state, she, she's like, no, I'm the captain. I'm, I'm overruling. You have the bridge. Here we are. Looks like a ruptured conduit. No problem. So then this is from Worf. This acid eating through the plates in the Jeffries tube? Oh, good question. I hadn't even circled back to that. I think that's what they're getting at. 
It looks like something has dissolved the bulkhead and eaten right through the conduit. There are high so what? He, he... here. In... He got into the the vents, or he was in this conduit. I don't understand. It's unclear. That's such You're... sloppy writing. You're right to not understand. Cosmetic <laughs> agents, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if that solvent was organic. Maybe we should run a biospectral analysis on the solvent. Take a closer look. That's a very good idea. But first, we should take a break. You go ahead, sir. I'll take care of it. Do we establish what happens to Jordy? Go ahead. I was going to say, what's funny is when that alarm started to go off, that, that Reg was like, I'll check on it. I was like, oh, that's a new sound. And it felt like it was coming from the left side of my headphones. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that sounds really good. And then I'm reading down on Memory Alpha, this episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Sound Mixing. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Just in sound mixing? Well, I mean, think about all the creatures that are roaring in the halls, etc. I don't know who any, either of these. These, these two guys at Ops and Helm are new, right? I, we've never seen them before. No, I mean, no, they've been in every episode. Oh, really? Wow. They're members of the crew. They're important. You know, Ensign Dern's always at the meeting. <laughs> He's always sounding off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones we've been testing for the past few days. Remember we talked about it in that meeting earlier? That's right. <laughs> Dumb Riker is one of my favorite variations. Tell them. I do have to say. <laughs> Riker just trying to fake his way through. <laughs> just like, Tell them we haven't finished yet. What would you do? Okay, do that. <laughs> So funny. That's a sweet tub Deanna's got. Got a little fountain that comes out of the side. I had to be near you. Computer, increase temperature by five degrees. Get out of that water now. Leave me alone! When you see the fucking bite that he put on her, it is upsetting. It is a deep and wide bite. Oh, I always thought it was like a cut that was stitched up. I guess that makes more sense that it's teeth marks. Want to run a hypothalamus oh, yeah. series right away? What do you mean? He just bit her. Yeah, yeah, but she's already in sick bay, and she's not bleeding anymore. I assumed it was something that was sealed very quickly, and that's why it looked like it did. But what you're saying is there are teeth marks, which I guess makes more sense. Oh, I mean, it could have also been sutured up. I don't know. But it seems like they wouldn't have sutures here. They probably have a dermal regenerator. <laughs> like they have fevers. Okay. Others, they're freezing like Counselor Troy. Call Dr. Salar and Dr. Hakopian. It looks like we've got some sort of viral infection going Salar. on. Salar. I want to check on Lieutenant Worf. Really takes her a while to notice Worf's new chin. A new jawline, rather. I mean, that's Worf, issue number one. And then issue number two scene. is... They're not going to take the guy who just bit another person in the face to the break. <laughs> well, his security was standing there. Uh-huh. I'm going to run a full bio scan. I want you to lie down. Okay. We can do this sitting up. What is this? She also immediately touches it. That seems like bad doctoring. I mean, she's not afraid. Everybody is constantly touching each other, even though they know something is terribly wrong. Look, this is just a great place to get disfigured by some Klingon venom. 
I would say. I wish. The, now, did you find that silly or did you find that scary? I found it a little scary. I found it silly because of the digital animation of the. Yes, the digital the animation kind of hurt it. Silly, to but. Me. I really thought that Gates really sold the shit out of it. Oh, and, of and uh, Dorn sold the shit out of it. Yeah, and he really opened his mouth like a person. That was definitely the moment that felt the most like a 70s, 80s kind of horror, you know, horror film. Like, this, is, it, this is the part of the show where I feel like I'm watching Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. <laughs> really? It does. There's going to be way. like a floating phaser going down the hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's clearly tied to strings. Sir, we've analyzed the venom. I love I love this I love this D team we got in here Barkley, Ogawa, and Dum Dum Riker. You're saying that Worf is spraying this venom, this venom, all over the ship. I'd say so. Sixty crewmen have begun exhibiting strange behavioral changes: memory loss, fatigue, headaches. I think one thing is clear. There's some sort of disease aboard the Enterprise, and it's spreading. I'm having trouble concentrating myself. <laughs> it's like my mind keeps wandering. I. This is who I would be on the Enterprise. My brain gets big time. I thought I would be. <laughs> I thought I would be Barkley, but I would be dumb, right? <laughs> I called for a level two security alert. You think we should go to a level one? I don't know. What do you think? I think we should. Okay. Sounds good. He's really good at playing a dummy. I would have loved to have seen him in a comedic part as a dummy. I'll let them know what's happening. You have your orders. Dismissed. (laughs) Jordy's like, why are you acting like such an idiot? Computers. I like how, I like how, uh, Patty. Oh, Patty's like going with her. She's already in character. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't notice. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, she does the walk. Computer, send a subspace message. It's so subtle and silly. (laughs) Security channel authorization. Alpha four seven authorization required to activate security channel. Computer. Awaiting authorization. <laughs> so weird and silly. The act break is I'm real dumb. <laughs> Riker is dumb. Scan the vicinity, see if you can find I will say it's good it's kind of a good story turn. Like good I don't know if I'd say it's good writing, but I like I like the decision to be like, all right, let's go to Picard and Data, and then we see it through their eyes in the spooky haunted house kind of, you know, mm-hmm. what are those sounds? What the crap is happening? The idea that nobody died during this insanity is just the most insane thing. What are you ever. talking about? There's a dead dead ensign on the bridge. Are they dead? I thought they weren't dead. Yeah, he's dead. He was attacked by a something, right? Hmm. I assumed Worf got to him. I thought that they do a they do a tally of the of yeah, the people through the scan and every and so doesn't that mean that there everybody's there and alive? There's one thousand twenty three people aboard the Enterprise. Oh really? At least there were. Worf probably ate the six of them. Appears to be a drift. 
I'm reading it's sex with three of them, decks. and then ate the other three. Life signs. There are life signs. However, sensor readings are highly distorted. I am unable to identify specific life forms. Just the axiom. I think a dark, you know, dark delisting with no attitude control enterprise is very creepy. So creepy. Really effective. It's funny, they really do a lot of things right in this episode. I also love this. Well, the, here's the big problem, right? It's the time. The time, it's the time frame. On. Oh. No, it's the time frame that all this happens. What do you mean? This happens over the course of three days. You turn into a fucking spider in three days. Data, uh, data cures it in three minutes. Well, the curing it is certainly a trope that, that what are you going to do? The, and <laughs> Wait the, a second. And, are you going to tell me that it doesn't take that long to turn into a spider person? <laughs> What are you going to tell me? I know. I've never never turned into a spider person. How do I know how long it takes? That's kind of the thing. It's like, all right, you're going to tell me that... To me, the the bigger buy is that Worf... the The whole delivery system of... Barkley's missing a gene. She makes some weird... You know, uh... Uh... Artificial... thing, yeah. That somehow ejects it into the entire through it through morph into the entire ship like that's where it's like what wait what what is going on like the the wait the, a uh, second the, are you saying that on a ship where you're in close quarters indoors with a bunch of people and no one's wearing a mask you don't think something can get transmitted quickly i guess i feel like <laughs> i'm i'd be I feel like the, that that the masks uh, that they might have used on the show would be, uh, you know, that's all a bunch of uh, bullshit. I don't think it would have helped at all. Oh, and, you you just uh, you I don't just want to see the their freedom take to have and, their freedom. Yeah. Um, I just I don't I don't have a problem with the timeline. I have a problem with the their explanations of what's going on. The timeline, I sort of be like, all right, if you're telling us it it takes it happens that fast, then all right. Any sign of the crew? I cannot access internal sensors from here. We will have to go to the bridge. <laughs> like the growling. So all the the growling is a bunch of people, not just Worf, right? Right. It's more of that fun sound design that the Emmy went to, you know? I guess that is true. They, they did do a good job. Yes, sir. I am able to discern over 300 different vocalizations. Honestly, the fact that they won that award really just tells me that the people voting on technical awards are all nerds. As they would be. Look at this. Who loves Star Trek? These are the most effective flashlights they have in the future. Yeah, for some so, reason. So this is—is is this it's like a snake of skin? Reptilian DNA. I always no, thought—I I always thought it was Deanna's skin. Right. Because they're right outside her quarters. I thought she right. shed some skin because she's, you know, a reptile. Yeah, that's reasonable. I believe it is an epidermal Listen to the, the, the police sirens the that they layered into the sound mix. Really? Effective. Oh, no, no, no. That's me. Oh. Yes, sir. I cannot explain it. There are no species aboard the Enterprise that shed their skin in this fashion. I hear a wild boar. Data. Which he knows from his boar hunting days. Stand ready. This was really spooky, too. Environmental settings in these quarters have been altered. Data, over here. 
I do like how wet the walls are. <laughs> Is it steam or smoke? Because it's steam. steam. So creepy yeah. and weird. What's happened to her? DNA is in a state of so weird. Flux. So weird. I kind of like though. I kind of like that she's not. It's not neat. It's it's like the thing with the thing that Worf turns into almost seems too neatly like. I'm gonna put this. We're not gonna change his uniform. <laughs> it's you know. It's like it's more old school. Whereas this seems like so weird. It's got the gills and her face, and she's kind of performing it in a nice. Like confused, freaked out, like you know, almost the way that a lizard person would be. It's just weird. It's no good. Metabolizing both water and air, and her eyes have developed nictitating membranes. I believe she is amphibian. She has been injured. Why are they touching everybody? Yes, sir. He didn't touch. He just pointed. There's Klingon DNA. They were touching. What? He didn't touch. He just pointed. They helped her up. Oh, well, he thought she was dead. Yeah. You see someone face down in a bathtub. I think you're okay to... I think there's more touching that happens. She is an injured. Yes, sir. There's Klingon DNA in the wound. It is saliva. You're saying she's been bitten. So he's bitten her again? Or is that the original wound? Wouldn't that have been cleaned up by sick bay and a bathtub? <laughs> if it was, a, if there was a good doctor at work, yes. This guy's dead. There's no way he's not dead. Is it, is it emerging from his chest? It's a scratch. It's a. It is a scratch. His upper spinal column has been broken in three places. His upper spinal that column. That doesn't mean he's dead. <laughs> yes, sir. Has his DNA been changed as well? Yes, sir. However, it was in its initial stages when he died. Now, now he used the past tense, so... No, that doesn't prove anything. Okay. Right. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> I'm picking up 1,011 individual life forms within the ship. All exhibit a similar genetic flux to the one we observed in Counselor Troy. So the entire ship has been affected. Most of the life forms are scattered throughout the ship... However, there are several large concentrations in the Arboretum and the Aquatic Lab. I've regained attitude control to the ship, but main power is still offline. It looks as though the entire power transfer grid has been destroyed. That was good, too. That sound. Way to go, sound team. (laughs) Enjoy your Emmy. Um, this says that in the memory alpha, Livingston has de-evolved into a jellyfish, <gasps> which is just extra stupid. It is so stupid. I thought it was a respiratory thing that was being passed along yeah. anyway. It's not. No, it's just a T-cell thing. You know T-cells. It's so funny. They switched to jellyfish in there. His cranial plates have thickened by 20%. His brain is much smaller, sir. <laughs> I do not believe he can comprehend our language. But 
you know, once we uh, do this uh, treatment, he'll be fine. Find a way to communicate. Will, can you I also, understand what it is that I... Yes. Like, uh, I also think the score is fantastic in this episode. I mean, look at that. Look at that Gates Absolutely. just getting up on that ladder and just let's get a shot Will, from way up here when he jumps across the... I was going to say they should have given her more episodes, but I guess uh, they didn't have many left. <laughs> more episodes for DNA. Gates McFadden to direct. Oh. Yeah. This is all done, I think, sufficiently creepy, given yeah. the material that she was handed. Oh, yeah, I mean, she can't make the script make sense, but like in terms of making it really execution wise, I think it's spooky. Yeah, she did a great job. From that observation, Captain, I believe the crew is de evolving. It's also, I don't know if it's here or later, mm-hmm. but there's some goo when they when they're walking through and data doesn't even scan it there's like a lot of moments where he's not scanning when i would think that he would be i feel like you just really slow the episode down it just seems like he scanned everything like he didn't scan the spider webs in the in the bridge they're normally dormant they are evolutionary holdovers sequences of dna which Provided key behavioral and physical characteristics millions of years ago, but are no longer necessary. For instance, Counselor Troy's gill slits and other amphibious characteristics were derived from introns, which still contain amphibious codes. So these introns are causing her DNA to recombine in an earlier configuration. That is correct. In her case, the DNA has created an amphibious life form, which became extinct over 50 million years ago. And Commander Riker's introns are changing him into what appears to be one of the earlier hominids. Yes, sir. I would say Australopithecine. Each of these stages is another link in the evolutionary chain which stretches back to the origins of all life forms on Earth. Because introns can include genetic material <laughs> oh, from many different species question, over millions of years of evolution, it is possible that a wide variety of transformations is occurring among the crew. What about those crew members who are not from Earth? All humanoid life has a similar genetic pattern. The virus should work on non-human crew members in the same way. They are each de-evolving into earlier forms of life on their home worlds. I feel I must inform you, sir... You have also been infected by the intron virus. How long before I begin to change? According it's to my calculations, kind of self-conscious calculations, <laughs> within the next twelve hours, you will begin to exhibit the first signs of your eventual transformation. And what will that be? I believe you will also de-evolve into an earlier form of primate, possibly similar to a lemur or pygmy marmoset. <laughs> pygmy marmoset. It's an interesting characterization. What do you think of? Because I really, it's very subtle and controlled. But what do you think of it? Like his his of, choice of, of what? Who's of choice? portraying? I don't know what it is. Like fear, sort of fear, and, and apprehension. I like it because he's still got his wits about him. Right. It is interesting that when the shit goes down, he's able to 
still strategize because I thought it was sort of presenting that he was going to be so scared that he wouldn't be able to get it together. Which can't, I guess it's but it's like that thing we've seen before, you know, captain's going to captain. Uh huh. Doesn't matter what what might be affecting them, they'll manage. It's pretty impressive to get their captaining um, out. But I love the I don't know I love the the characterization choice of him just quietly, you know, just like that he's basically himself, but just you know thirty percent less assertive, and so he's just quietly asking Data what he's going to become. And they sound hungry. Kittens. Yes. I always enjoy I'm kittens. Curious as to why Spot is not caring for them. Because they just put an iguana in a collar. I don't understand. That's the silliest part of the entire episode to me, is that. <laughs> it is crazy. So cut to a shot of a confused iguana in a in Spot's collar. So silly. Um, do you understand this? The evolution aspect of like they're saying it's from, I guess, genetic material that's sort of been passed down that's still sort of in us that's not activated. But mm-hmm. do you understand how they're connecting? Like, and I understand how they would connect us to obviously earlier versions of us and well, all life amphibians. In the ocean, you know. Right. So that I understand. Do you understand the arachnid or the other stuff like that? No. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. It's real dumb. I think they were just going like, what's going to look cool? What kind of different creatures can we get? I mean, obviously, but... (laughs) So silly. What is it? Kittens. These kittens were born less than 24 hours ago. It would appear that Spot's transformation took place at approximately the same time. So... The iguana gave birth to live was kittens. Birth to the kittens at the same time that she was changing into a reptilian <laughs> life form. Really, I believe so. Upsetting experience God, for an didn't iguana. Lose their eggs. Reason, the intron like, virus. That if she just laid eggs to the kittens, kittens, that'd be adorable. Yeah. I do not know why. Little kittens breaking through eggs. Meow. <laughs> yeah. I remember my biology. There are several natural immune systems that come into play in the mother's womb to protect the fetus from viral infections. That is true. Placental barriers, maternal antibodies, and amniotic fluids all serve as a filtration system. Maybe we could have inhibited the intron virus by using the natural antibodies in Spot's amniotic fluid. It would take further research, but I believe to be effective on humanoid crew members, humanoid antibodies would be necessary. Then we should locate a pregnant humanoid. Nurse Ogawa has recently become pregnant. Where is she? I have traced her combat signal to Deck 17, Section 21 Alpha. The Arboretum. That's where Riker recently was making out with someone and got a cactus in his back. Main engine. Why do you know that, sir? Well, I like to keep up on Riker. (laughs) He couldn't stop talking about it. I live vicariously through Riker. jump scare great jump scare and the scream was a, and the the venom was a great jump scare I mean, for me I guess it wasn't effective for you Data 
McFadden should have gone on and uh, tried to direct some horror movies. She had the knack. I believe it was Lieutenant Barkley. He appeared to be partially transformed into an arachnid. Well, that doesn't right. make any sense, Data. <laughs> yes, sir. Are you all right, Captain? I have these intense feelings of fear. It's irrational. I don't know why you'd be freaking out that a, watched. I can't, a, an arachnid person just Maybe attacks you. Experiencing the initial stages of your transformation, early primates were often prey to large carnivores. As a result, their instincts probably included a heightened sense of awareness. In that case, my instincts tell me that we better hurry. Pretty good Planet of the Apes Captain. makeup. All the makeup's great. Embryo. Uh, I think the wharf the stuff at the end is a little, uh, as I said, 70s sci-fi-ish sort of low rent. Didn't you? Maybe even think, 50s sci-fi-ish. You didn't think that about the, uh, about the, uh, whatchamacallit? About the Spider-Man? Um, you know, she did a good job of sort of hiding it enough that it was just scary. I mean, if we stayed on it, maybe it would be. Here. Let's... Uh, where is the chat with you? I can't do it. It's happening. Hmm. Mine's open. Yeah, but I'm sharing a screen, so I don't have all the Iris. things you have. Oh, I could just share it here. Look here. There you go. Here's a picture. Oh. I think it's pretty huh. intense. Yeah, that's pretty good. So maybe it just wasn't lit right. Wow. Now you're throwing shade at Gates. That's crazy. Man, she really blew it in this episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> she did a good job. I believe I can use her amniotic fluid as a template for a retrovirus. It would neutralize the synthetic T-cell and reestablish the genetic patterns of each host. How soon can you do that? It will not take long to isolate the appropriate genetic material. I will need to get the sickbay computer back on. What was that? Why did they take Deanna out of her tub and bring her to sickbay? Isn't that kind of cruel since she wants to breathe the water? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Not that invested in that choice, man. <laughs> no. It is large. I I always when I was a kid, I always thought of um uh Worf as being like a xenomorph in the episode. You know, just Yeah, that's fucking, reasonable. And it always scared me. Sun setting will have any effect on it. I just found it funny how much how much time they spend in the second half of this episode trying to stop Worf from mating with uh, with Deanna. Councillor Troy was bitten by a Klingon, but not in a place that might be life threatening, nowhere near a major artery or organ. I might be scared, but I can still reason. Look. Look at this injury. (laughs) 
this wound was never intended to give her any kind of serious harm. Really? Captain Lee suggests like he's going a little bit far to justify that move. Seems pretty violent to me. I understand that he's Klingon, but still. That's how they uh, mate, right? Yeah, I guess so. Can you amplify the non-consensual area? That's real weird. That's how prehistoric Klingons mate. They Uh bite the face and then. Is that not how this era of Klingons made? I have no idea. Puzzled growling, roaring. I'll just let you know what's happening, everybody. You think that was an effect or you think that was Dorn? The voice. The growl? Yeah. I'm going to guess it was both. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Meanwhile, Data's doing some good stuff. Or electric. He gets electrocuted by the cars. Wow. Look how fast Data cured Ogawa. Data to Captain they were, Card. They Go were kind ahead, of afraid of hurting Worf with a phaser. I would think that him electrocuting him would be more of a threat. <laughs> Like, they wouldn't have as con- as much control over how it was going to affect him. Well, you know, you got to do some crazy things when you're trapped in a Jeffrey's tube with a de-evolved Klingon that wants to <laughs> get some pheromones. It is a great action movie moment, I mean, to see Picard, you know, pulling it off. It's kind of fun. Proceed. Oh, Mr. Wolf. Hope that the breathing sounds like Dorn. Classic Dorn breathing. Commander Data has succeeded in returning the crew to normal. Dr. Crusher has determined that the synthetic T-cell she used to cure Mr. Barclay's Uradelan flu initiated the Intron virus which swept through the ship. Uradelan so flu. Shouldn't there be like some sort of like uh, medical board court-martial for Beverly? I mean, the craziest thing is in the dialogue we're about to hear that she's... You just were annoyed by Reg, and as a result, I think, you were negligent in your duties as a doctor. A hundred percent. And she plays it off like, well, it was partly my fault, too. It's like, no, it wasn't partly your fault. It was your fault. (laughs) In a way, it's mine. In a way, it's mine. That's insane. I realized it at the time. But there's an anomaly in your genetic chemistry that caused the synthetic T-cell to mutate. Instead of activating one dormant gene, it started activating all of them, including your introns. And, and that's what the... And that's what caused me to de-evolve. <laughs> that's a you funny choice. The, the T-cell became airborne and started to spread like a virus. You know, Reg... This is a completely new disease, and it's traditional to classify a new disease with the name of the first diagnosed patient. Oh, you mean you want to name the disease after me? That's right. How about Barclay's Protomorphosis Syndrome? Barclay's Protomorphosis, um... It has a nice ring to it. (laughs) Thank you, Doctor. transformed into a spider and now he has a disease named after him. 
Some guys have all the luck. I think I better clear my calendar for the next few weeks. That's, that's one of the greatest lines ever in Star Trek. <laughs> and it does sum up the episode. I also love that it ends with... Uh, they're saying, Let me, I better clear my calendar because everybody's going to be fucking crazy about what happened here. Oh, I um, thought it was specifically directed at Reg Barkley. Oh, I guess it was. I thought yeah. it was just like no, everyone on board is going to This be. guy, you know... That's that's dumb in and of itself. Everybody yep. should have that reaction. Um, but but I love to react as strongly as our good friend Reg Barkley. Before we uh, get too far from it, I love uh, Dwight Schultz. Kind of like when she's sort of telling him, basically, it's your genes that have made all this happen. That he does a little laugh off to the side, like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like he's like trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> that's a really nice little touch. Um, but. Uh, yeah, she's just really like she obviously is responsible, and it's crazy that not more is made of. You messed around with this guy's genes, and it had this much of an impact on everyone because you didn't want to give him Theraflu. Well, that's true too, but I guess I'm also saying, isn't this a larger medical discovery than she's acting like it is? Like he's. A total abnormality, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, that was my reaction. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. What's normal anymore? We're all monkeys and spiders and stuff. It's so weird. All right. In the vastness of space, when the going gets rough, you gave it your all, you showed the right stuff, you managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. That's why you're this week's MVC. Data. Yeah, it seems like it's data. Uh, we can tell you who it's not right off the top of our heads. Everybody <laughs> else. Definitely Especially not Crusher. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess Picard had a hand because he led Morph away and fried him so that he could. Uh, you know, he also did have those all that good reasoning, terrified reasoning, man. That is true. So, I mean, you know, Barkley built some good webs. Data, enjoy your umpteenth MVC. <laughs> How many Andy's does this episode get? Well, Andrew. Matt. It's hard to really put a figure on because it's such an outlier. Uh, it's so bizarre. It's really bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre. It's bizarre enough to like get bumped up to like right because it's so different. Half. It's like a three and a half. Oh wow! Oh me. wait, from zero? Yeah, yeah. Well, from like a one. Like story wise, it is so stupid to me. Right. But like the spookiness of it, the outlieriness of it. The makeup's cool. It's so weird that it's got to get a three and a half. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely that is the thing. Maybe it's a like three. it's effective in a lot of the things it's trying to do, and you do have to kind of give uh, uh, Gates credit for it because um, it's spooky. I found it legitimately spooky. I found the effects really fun and gross. Um. All the things that happen are weird, and it's 
and it's just story-wise it's completely like off the rails like it doesn't the starting point doesn't really make sense where it develops doesn't make sense how data and picard approach it to try and resolve it i guess is relatively reasonable um but it is it's like it's like a solid super weird cult horror movie (laughs) yeah um so i'm gonna give it a four for that a four i love it but i certainly would accept any lower lower score on it because it's It's bizarre it's real weird okay here's a trailer for journey's end a bitter homecoming. Maybe I am sick of following rules and regulations. Leads to a spiritual awakening. You are a sacred person here, Wesley. Now Wesley is driven to protect an endangered culture. They're preparing to beam you away and take you to their ship. Even if it means defying Captain Picard. Your actions reflect very badly on this ship and on that uniform. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. Seems like he's got a little bit of Worf's brother happening there. <laughs> this is my wife. <laughs> I'm sacred here. Look at me. <laughs> they say that's I'm sacred. Um, well, interesting. Good news is, if you want to hear that episode early, you can do so in the Patreon. Uh, all right, everyone. I'm gonna go turn into. Uh, mm, I'm gonna pick. <laughs> Mm, bird. I'm going to go be a bird. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a moth. Just like we humans evolved from. Disengage.